another episode of Zeno Chat. I am one of the hosts, Tyler, along with my co-host, Justin. Hey, everyone. All right, and we have three guests today. Uh, first up, we have Kat. Hello. All right, and next we have David. Hello. And last but not least, we have Nick. Elma Appreciator Nick. I'm here. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, as he... Uh, Kind of gave away there. This is our Elma appreciation episode. All right, before we get into appreciating Elma, um, let's go over the more recent Mala Soft news. So the company turned a big 2-0 the other day, 20 years old. Congratulations, Mala Soft. We need like a soundboard. Yeah, you <laughs> know, like, like, a, like an air horn or yeah, something. get like the hip hop air horn. Oh, gosh. <laughs> you probably heard it here you last, folks. It. That was Monolith Soft turning <laughs> twenty now and only. They'll never turn twenty again. <laughs> <laughs> Missed it. Oh gosh. Uh, Enough of that. So yeah, for their uh, anniversary, they uh, published this this really nice. Well, two pieces of artwork that are really nice um one has like just about well a lot of the characters from their games for the past 20 years from xenosaga and up so that was really cool to see that artwork i I really love it i love the um the sexy wispiness of that art i I love their hair in that art like a lot yeah i really like shion's hair in that picture pretty like free-flowing feeling about all that Really Which that. it was really cool to have like Cosmos and Xion like in the forefront of that. That was that was pretty cool. Yeah, I was not expecting that. <laughs> you know, I kind of was actually because that's kind of um the series that people associate with Monolith, I, I think at least. Because yes, Xenoblade is out, and yes, Xenoblade is sold really well. But I think people associate Xenoblade more with Nintendo. Whereas Xenosaga is associated more with Monolith, if that makes any sense. I totally feel that. I can agree with that. Yeah. To a, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I can. It's valid. Yeah. I was just thinking that Shulk would have more of a presence than he did on that, but it's still pretty cool. I actually almost changed my phone background. It's been Xion and Cosmos for like seven years plus, feels like now. <laughs> Didn't foresee that, did you, Shulk? Just kidding. <laughs> yeah, I I changed my phone background, but I still have like the old art because they came out with the art, and then a few weeks later they updated that artwork because there were some issues with it. I haven't changed to the updated artwork yet. And wasn't then the, the other uh, art- wasn't the person oh. that made it pretty new. Yeah, they were like a, a newer person with Molasoft, so. Support new artists, cool people. That, yeah, that was really cool that yeah someone so new was able to do something so important. You know, I I mentioned this before somewhere, not here, but like I, I would not be against that being like the new artist face of Monolith Soft. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't be against that either. It kind of reminds me of the art on the front of the limited edition set for Xenoblade Two. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I know what. Yeah, that's really good. I can see how you. Yeah, I I get that same vibe. 
All right. And the other piece of art was done by Yasuyuki Hone, uh, who is another uh, head person over at Mala Soft, and he worked on the Bot and Kaitos games. Um, it was really nice. It was very artsy. I like, I like that art. Super colorful. Mm-hmm. Bat and Kaitos does seem a little painterly. I haven't played it, but... Oh, it's so good. Yeah, that's one I haven't played either. Um, I've seen a few of the cutscenes, and I was kind of lost, but... I, <laughs> it was one that, whenever I had a GameCube, I always kind of looked at. But never yeah, ended up... Yeah, I really... Yeah, they're really good. I, I especially like the, the second one. It was really good. First one had some w weird voice acting choices done, but overall it was pretty good. And you can get a Cosmos card in it. Cool, cool. Yeah, I'm okay, seeing... And, oh, sorry. Oh, no problem. I was just going to say, yeah, I am like hadn't really paid much attention to like the art in that series as much. And so mm -hmm. like besides this... I had more recently just seen them like in Smash Brothers cards. I just thought of that mm -hmm. because you brought up the Cosmos card and um or the Spirit Board, you know, and I was like, "Oh, yeah. Yeah, that art like the line art for that is like really cool." So, oh yeah, it was very unique in con contrast to like the Xenosaga games. Yep. Kind of almost felt a well, it felt more western in a lot of ways. Mhm. Mm style. I totally feel that. Did that game use pre-rendered backgrounds? Oh yes, and they were gorgeous. They they were so good. It's really interesting. Like if I they know do it, that era was when they kind of phased those out. Like not too many games used them. Oh yeah, yeah. They, Bot and Kaitos, both the first and second game had gorgeous backgrounds. And yeah, if they ever did like an HD remaster, I would hope that they would also remaster those backgrounds because they are just gorgeous. I bet it's pretty novel for having like pre-rendered backgrounds in like the PlayStation 2 era because yeah, like you said, you don't see that. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of games. I think exactly. the Resident Evil remake had it. Uh, possibly mm -hmm. Shadow Hearts 1, I think, had it. Yeah, yeah, it did. And I think... Resident Evil Zero also had them, but yeah, it was very rare. Anyway, so the other news is that along with Monolithsoft's anniversary, a few days ago was uh, Xenogears' uh, I think it was its American release anniversary uh, for the 21st birthday, so happy birthday to Xenogears! Hooray! Woohoo! You can drink now. You can... Drink. <laughs> yeah. You can drink in the U.S. now. Xenogears of legal age in the United States. <laughs> Tip one to Xenogears. <laughs> oh, I guess. That could be another episode, actually. Um, what what do you think characters from Xenogears would drink? What would be their favorite, uh, what would be their favorite booze? Man. We'll save it for the episode. I, I would say something now, but since you came up with that, we might have to stick to it now. <laughs> and we'll have to drink during the episode. Uh, no, 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 that's not required. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? That might make a better episode in that case. <laughs> Jesse Black would drink everything. Uh, Ramses yep. would drink water. Uh, except for spiked with DRIVE! 
feel. <laughs> that reminds me when we were talking about the Xenosaga characters, what tea they would drink oh, or yep. something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, and they're in the energy drinks they would drink. Yeah, Jesse then, Black would take shots. I can't remember what it was. Xion, Xion would not drink this. No, never. <laughs> can't remember what it was, though. Oh. Mm. She would eat the curry, God. but only if Jin's not there. <laughs> That's too funny. Maybe maybe we should like screen cap that and put it on Twitter. That'd be kind of funny. That would be pretty. That was good. pretty funny. That was a yeah. That was a funny conversation. <laughs> so all right. All so right. Do you want to move on to oh. the main event? Yes. Let's yes. do that. Your pod is the only one around that landed intact. Good thing I found you. My name's Elma. You want to tell me yours? So today is all about appreciating Xenoblade X's protagonist, Elma. Come fight me. Yeah, that's the right. Queen. I said she's the protagonist. Or fight her. Queen! Yeah, yeah. She's pretty damn better. good with I, guns and swords. I can't fight. <laughs> <laughs> Sliding slinger. It's okay. I'm sure Elma would protect you. Yeah. Uh, so well, I it, definitely want Elma to protect me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yes. Elma could so, yeah. protect all, right, all well, of us. She could just he, do Ghost Factory, I mean, and she'd have enough for everybody. I guess my I mean, first question it, for everyone. Sorry, go on. Uh huh. Oh no, I was just gonna say that she. If you think about it, she did protect all of us in a way. Um, it's true. It's true. But I'll get to. We can get to that later. What were you gonna say? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, I guess to start this off, one one thing we could do is, what were our initial reactions to Elma and like seeing her? Like, how did you feel? How did seeing Elma like what? Did, what did seeing Elma like do to you? What were your thoughts? Like the very first time, correct? Mm-hmm. So I guess I can like honestly, I think like for me, uh, it was like oh this is pretty cool to me because this seems like a very, I don't know. It's just like uh, seeing a pretty strong female protagonist, like taking the lead and in a way, like I thought, well, like so far, maybe she'll show a little bit more personality as you go throughout and such. But I like just how she's like, you meet her and it's like, Oh, I'm the Colonel. I'm like, Oh, wow, that's that's actually pretty cool. And I guess that was kind of like one of my initial thoughts. I liked her, um, well, her voice acting. I, I think her voice acting is pretty good. And I just mm. kind of like the way she presents herself because of that too. She's kind of um, got that very big sense of duty, but also she comes off nonchalantly at, at times. And I was like, oh, it's just kind of, we can be a little bit casual too and just go at your own pace just a bit, you know. I felt at ease because of her demeanor, even though she was kind of like military, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the reason I asked that question is because um, one of the thing, one of the the topics of debate when it comes to Xenoblade Chronicles Cross was whether or not she would count as the main character because... I think for a lot of us, we kind of saw Xenoblade Cross and thought, hey, this is going to be one of those games where we're just going to make a character. And I think the assumption was that 
the player character is going to be the person who really dictates and drives the story forward as opposed to mm-hmm. and Elmo would just kind of take like more of a supporting role but when we play the game it seems like that's kind of not really the case it's kind of like the opposite like she's the one who's really driving it forward and you're kind of just along for the ride you definitely feel like her subordinate yeah yeah <laughs> i actually like that about it though is the thing like it's kind of interesting because I feel like we're so used to games where they're like, they thrust you a, like just a hero who has little experience in a lot of cases. Um, not in every case. There's of course other games where that's definitely not the case, but there's a lot of JRPGs, especially I feel like where it's like, Oh, you're just this hero. That's not really done this big a thing ever. And you're kind of feeling your way around as you go. So and it, there was still that aspect to this, but I liked that it was like, mm-hmm. well, you're working with like a mentor who is actually the mm-hmm. leader, and just the way that kind of works, it it's interesting because it feels almost like second person, like mm-hmm. you're kind of there to, you're still kind of there being the hero, but you're there in a way to like support, like the bigger hero. It feels like. This definitely feels like Elma's story to me. Yes. It does. And um, can I go next? Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, uh, when I first saw Elma, I think it was in either a, a, one of the E3 things or it, it was it was some event. And I was like, whoa, this is a female protagonist that I actually like. This doesn't happen. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like she's she's very mature. She's not gimmicky. Uh, she uh, she's not like overly matronly, uh, but she's not mean either. So I was really impressed. And uh, she like a- as the game progressed, I only just got more and more impressed with her. Yeah, she's um, I-, I agree. Like she's kind of a very well-rounded character, a surprisingly uh, well-rounded character for this kind of game. And you mentioned that she's mature. According to the wiki, her age is 29. So it's interesting that... that's, um, yeah. It's interesting to have a character that... What I meant was she's... Yeah, like, especially in this age where, like, Persona is all driven by teenagers uh and and a whole lot of other games are too. But um, usually when a character's, like, over 25, they're considered the old man. (laughs) Exactly. That was going to be my next point. It's interesting that (laughs) she's 29, basically, like, almost 30. And yet, to my knowledge, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't really think many of the characters make any kind of comment towards that or any kind of joke be like, Shut up, old lady. Like, you typically see yeah, I don't think in a lot do. of JRPGs, um, whenever, like, a character, especially for female characters, I notice that's often a gag that you see in, in a lot of media where if they're older than 25, somebody makes a joke about them being, like, some old hag. Yeah, grandma. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> I think I think Elma definitely commands respect. I don't think that would fly. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah she, she gets respect from everybody, which is really... Pretty cool to see. I mean, would you try to talk smack against somebody who has dual swords and dual guns? <laughs> no. Only if I also had dual swords and dual <laughs> guns. I wouldn't even. Th- <laughs> it's really funny to me that the guy who 
kind of doesn't get the respect all the time from people is actually Vandom. <laughs> He's like the one that people would be like, yeah. hey, old man, what do you even do? You're not on the battlefield or something. <laughs> Vandom cracks me up. I love Vandom in that game. Mm-hmm. He almost feels that, you know, that role being that kind of the old person joke, you know, whereas Elma is like, nobody can talk smack about Elma. Some people oh, no. try to talk smack about Irina, and she she doesn't put up with that either, which that's pretty cool, but another story. Irina will bite you. Pretty <laughs> much. <laughs> yes. And depending on who you are, you'll like it. <laughs> oh, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> But yeah, I was really ex- I was really excited when I first saw Elma because uh mm-hmm. like she's had she had this really like strong sense of duty and commanded respect and honestly, uh I really liked Xenosaga, so uh I felt like in that game, in terms of like her job and stuff like that, Xion had a sort of like sense of duty about her that I really liked. Mm-hmm. And there was something about Elma too that I saw that I really liked, so but I Oh, she was also mis- mysterious to me in a way for some reason. Oh, oh yeah, but mm-hmm. like she was like it's like I don't know. I'll, we'll talk about it later. But like she, like when I started playing the game, like there's hints and stuff all the time about stuff later. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and I do want to say, well, I don't know. I guess right now. This is kind of more first impressions, but like going a little bit deeper into like her personality, I feel like it's awesome to hear like more backup on this because I feel like there's a lot of people who feel like she kind of, you know, is lacking in personality or something like that. Or just, I just think that it's more along the lines of she's very, she's got this big sense of duty and. I don't know. I found kind of the way that she acted as mature as she did and kept her feelings out of things. Um, It played into like the mysterious vibes, of course, but also just Mm -hmm. like it was refreshing. We don't always need like a character who's in the lead to be all that bombastic or doing very childlike things that stand out more necessarily. Somebody who's not there for attention but is still the main character nonetheless. I think another, uh, and to answer your point, because I actually agree with that, is one of the things that's kind of refreshing about Alma is that she really isn't clueless. She kind of always has something to say. She knows what to do, or at least has some sort of idea on what she can do to support Mm -hmm. her friends and be there for them and protect them. And she's just an overall very admirable character when it comes to that. And the more I think about it, the more um, she kind of stands out in that sense to me. Yeah, I notice whenever like certain story beats come up, that it's just like everybody's like, "Wait, what? What? What does this even mean?" She's always the one who's mm-hmm. going to like question it out loud at first, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I guess like that brings up another point. Um, do you think Elma is too perfect? I'm sure there's people out there who will probably who probably written paragraphs about how she's a Mary Sue or something like that. Is she too OP for this universe? 
you know, I think she's just right on point. Mm-hmm. Um, like, people complain a lot about uh, X being bland, uh, but I... It's uh, it's not bland so much as much more high, hard sci-fi than other titles, and uh, I think mm-hmm. it's um, she matches. <laughs> I agree with that, and there are a few missions in the game that kind of go into that a lot of where she is, um, and she will even say this a bunch herself, and it's basically that she wouldn't be here without all the help that she's gotten. Like, she Mm. may have set things in motion at times and done this and that, but the help and support that she's been given from her friends and, like, her allies that she's made along the way is, is like, what really has put her partially in this position. She doesn't fail to, like, acknowledge that. And, um... Yeah, there's, like, I was playing one of the later missions that I just kind of waited to do last night, and it kind of goes into that a little bit, but I'll probably save talking about that until a bit later when we get really into it. I came up with uh, something else, too. Oh, um, I I had it, and I forgot it. Sorry. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, her demeanor's kind of like the product of a lot of experience and hardship, so... I don't really think that, like, she's, like, perfect by any means. I just think she works extremely hard. And I think people see it, so I think that that's part of how she is. Yeah, yeah I, I, I think so, too. I think I oh, remember what I, what I forgot. Uh, I also find that a lot of times in fandom, like, whichever the gender of the person questioning, uh, if it's a female character in a high position... Uh, she will come under a lot of scrutiny by the fandom, whether like whether she's high quality or not so high quality. <laughs> uh, there will always be somebody to to pick apart like the entire thing, yes. like just that's based where I was on... getting at. Yeah, <laughs> um, with, with the Mary Sue comment. Um, I know that. Uh... Yeah, like nobody says, "Oh yeah, Shulk's a Mary Sue," or Rex is a Mary Sue, or uh, Faye is a Mary Sue. Like by like, if you compare all of those people side by side, uh, a lot of them are much more Mary Sue like than Elma. Well, let me ask you something: Who can see the future? Huh. <laughs> <laughs> but can you see the taste of cinnamon toast crunch? Oh, that's great! Mm, that's the real. Sure. That's the real question. <laughs> I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. You're fine. That is wonderful. That's that much needed humor we were looking for all this time. We need to package that and like use it to sell our podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I'll have to put that as a, a quote or on Twitter or something. Yeah. So okay. Um. I guess we can that can segue into the next topic we can talk about with Elma. That's enough, Samarian witch. And it's funny, Kathy, you mentioned comparing Elma to, say, Rex, because both of them essentially have a very similar kind of role. So Elma is a reclaimer. She works for Blade and the reclaimer division, and the reclaimers are essentially salvagers. To quote from Vandom, 
These guys are in charge of finding the other pieces of the white whale, among other things, that is. Including anything of ours left behind after a battle. Scale, debris, weapons, personal effects. It can get a bit morbid, frankly, but it's got to get done. So, basically, she's out to just recover stuff. Whether it be pieces of the white whale, or heck, it could even be parts for weapons uh, nose. or scales. Hmm? I said a Mimiozome's nose. Yeah. She said it could get a bit morbid. Yeah, so it's interesting to see kind of um, a big, like a contrast in personality for essentially a similar type of role because Elma and Rex are probably two very different characters. They're probably going to be more different. Yeah, I think, though, um, we see Rex getting tested and growing, but uh, Elma's tested and growing happens off screen. Mm-hmm. Like, it's already happened, kind of like Satan's. Um, so I, I, I understand the counterpoint. I think there's a lot of people that actually get put off by that, too, because I've heard plenty of people. There are a lot of people who love seeing characters grow like from the beginning more so like from the start of their journey and this is definitely by no means the end of Elma's journey or anything like that there's a lot that shows that she still has a lot to learn and there's a mm-hmm. lot that shows that she's still learning and paying attention and growing but that level of experience that she has by comparison is kind of a I don't know if for some people they're like, oh, well, she already knows all this. Um, her main story is already over. But I don't know. I think I disagree with that, especially with what Mira brings to the table. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yeah, that, that's that's perfectly valid. And again, the reason why I'm bringing all this up is because I know, um, uh, like, I, I feel like she's the kind of character that people would be quick to jump at and say, you know, like I said before, say that she's a Mary Sue, say that she's too OP. And I guess what you what you've been saying before about how her character development had already occurred within context of the game. She had already gone through that arc where she is getting better. And now we're kind of seeing her at her best when she is very competent. And I think a lot of people, they kind of they kind of misconstrue competent for being OP or competent for being a Mary Sue. And I've never really agreed with that. I always thought that was kind of weird. Um, so that that's yeah. kind of why I, I like Elma. I think in context of this story, she works very well because essentially she's also kind of a mentor for the player character as well. And in some cases, that's taken quite literally because you can um, you can actually take on her role as far as your class goes. Yeah, her class is a full metal jaguar. You can actually build your character to take on that exact role and even get some of her same skills. That's I'm really gonna, interesting. I'm going to say this. If we go into gameplay, you know who is the actual most OP character. It's Cross. It's the it's your character. <laughs> it Like, you carry Elma. Like, she might be the only other competent one on your team. I don't know how you made your team, but like... Your character can take every class in the game. You can build that however you want. All the other mm-hmm. characters are pretty much set classes. So but that's you an are the OP way of character. storytelling, though. If you think about it, like if you actually decide to go down Elma's path, it's literally you're becoming Elma. 
and you're seeing you're seeing that chapter of her story where she is becoming the mentor. So it's just kind of an interesting way to look at it. I like in like I think it's like the last uh, affinity mission for Elma. Like you can say that you're the leader now. Mm-hmm. Like and yes. Lynn just tell, Lynn just tells you to shut up. Like I played that last night. <laughs> But I didn't choose that option because I was like, no, I can't t- I can't say that to Elma. Yeah, Lynn's just like, shut up. <laughs> it comes at a really like emotional moment for her too. Like she's yeah. kind of She's like, Thanks guys, I I really couldn't have made it this far without you. I sometimes wonder if I'm even cut out for this or something. And if you say that, I'm sorry, but that's a real dick move. <laughs> <laughs> Lynn has every right to tell you to shut up. Hey, it's it's an option, so I decided to pick it. <laughs> I can get behind that option too, because you know, say no to everyone in Dragon Quest Eleven. It's great. It's like you can you can say you're an Elma person too in her first affinity mission. That's one of my favorite things too. I did do that. <laughs> I remember that, and I also did that. It was funny. <laughs> I think I did that too, but. Yeah, her final affinity mission, it's like when people, like, say she's a Mary Sue or or anything, like, she's got, she's gone through, like, hardship, so, mm-hmm. like, because she lost her four more squad mates, mm-hmm. so I don't think that, like, she doesn't know loss or that she doesn't try hard to be how she is, so. Well, that and, like, her boyfriend, maybe? I was just about to bring that up, um, the quote-unquote, young man from Japan. Young man from Japan. (laughs) Young man Japan. Yeah. (laughs) Is that... Cherry? Yes. It really is. From the country he loved so much. Um... I'm still disappointed that she's not talking about Nagi, but okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good ship. Yeah, I get that. We really don't learn much about that young man from Japan, do we? No, we actually, really. uh, her affinity missions, that's like as much as you get from, like, because she lived on Earth for, like, a while. A pretty good while, actually, now that I'm thinking about it, yeah. And it's kind of. Like, I think, I think it a was lot like of people. 30 years? Yes. Like, is what she said? Something so, like so, I'm about to blow you guys' mind. I'm looking at the wiki right now, right? And oh, I know what you're going to say. So, I'm Go looking on. at the main story. Elma first arrived on Earth in 2020. Oh. Yep. Elma lands on Earth next Uh-oh. year. <laughs> Does it give the exact date? Wait for it, it people. Does not. This but... is like this is like when people are waiting around for like third impact or something, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. We have one of those now. I saw a light in the sky the other day. Should I be worried about Ganglion? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew it was like way closer than I expected whenever I was reading it before, but I hadn't seen that in a while. And that's also like Okay, so in what kind of years are you age 29, by the way? Yeah, I was actually oh. thinking that because, like, her first affinity mission, she tells you that, like, 
you know, her, about her life on Earth and how long she was on Earth, but then it's just like, uh, spoilers, there's some holes in your story, Elma. I mean, you're, you're, I think you're lying. Well, I mean, at this point, should we, it's a good segue into the big twist about her, right? Yeah, yeah. We should right. talk so, about it. So, I mean, if you haven't played Xenoblade X to completion, you might want to stop here, but... Yeah. Um... Everyone wait. There's one more thing I need to talk to you about. Oh, man. What now? The truth is, exactly one Mim in New L.A. actually is being controlled remotely from a real body held in stasis here. Wait. Someone isn't stored in the database with the rest of us? That's right. This was a special case. The hell does that mean? Better just to show you. Colonel! Uh, Elma! Elma is dead? No. I think this is... I haven't died. My consciousness has just returned to my real body. here in stasis the only xenoform on board wait a second all this time you were an alien no way and all the more lovely for it i hope you all understand and at the end of the day i just hope you'll still consider me as one of you <sighs> of course we will you've earned that elma it's not about how you look it's the person you are on the inside. That's what counts. Yes, yes! Lynn's right. Colonel, listen. We know whatever you did, you felt it was for the greater good. Yeah. Nothing's changed. That's right. Everyone, thank you. Your trust means everything to me. Unless, yeah. of course, you just saw it in the art book or something, because it's kind of just out there. Yeah, it is kind of just <laughs> out there. It's one of those things that's just like, well, there it is. <laughs> but I'll be honest. I did see that form before, and I didn't connect the dots. Like, I just was kind of, like, not paying attention. I'm like, oh, that's just some in-game costume that makes her look funny. Was my first thought about it. I was like, oh, you know. Like, it didn't even cross my mind twice whenever I first saw it. 
And then whenever I got to the end of the game, I was like, oh, okay, I see. <laughs> yes, because Elma is not actually a human being. She is also an alien, along with the other... But she is her own different race. I, did they say what like the name of her race was called? Or nope, that's one of those big mysteries. And I was actually go- and probably another uh, probably another point on her Mary Sue meter. Yeah, mm. that's uh, I love that reveal, guys. That's like my favorite part of the game. That's like up there for me. That's like the most Xeno thing in Xenoblade X, really. <laughs> Yeah, it I, is. It kind of is. <laughs> yeah, I remember when that, like, it first came out or something, and then people were like, "Oh man, if you love Xenosaga three or Xenosaga, you'll love this big reveal for Alma." I'm like, "Well, you didn't have to say that, but I mean, you said it without <laughs> saying it." But I remember when uh, I think there was a picture of True Form Alma floating around somewhere, and people were losing their minds. It's like, Cosmos is in Xenoblade X! Did you know? Did you see? Did you see the secret picture? I think I saw something (laughs) like that. And one of the reasons that I thought, oh, it's just a costume is because people were saying, oh, it's Cosmos! And I'm like, oh, she's got a, she's got like a Cosmos costume or something. Woo. Which, at the time, I hadn't played any Xenosaga anyway, so I was just like, oh, that's cool. And that was but like yeah, that. That reveal is the so good. The only reason, like the cinematography yeah. and the music, mm-hmm. so good. It's oh my like god, my the music parts. there! The music yeah. there is like so Zenosaga. And then I mean, if you also I mean, this is probably a stretch, but I mean, if you compare her miniasome to her real form, it's kind of like Telos and Cosmos in a way. So it's that's, oh, that yeah, a like, little bit. Yeah, for some reason, color scheme. For some so, reason, whenever I first saw it, I just, I thought, oh, Chaos Colors. And I'm like, oh, why didn't I think Telos? So I guess what's interesting to think about it is... Because there's no purple in it. Because she's obviously oh, sorry. not human. Um, I guess, like, her age, her real age is a bit of a mystery, no? Because yeah. looking at the dates... Uh, According to the war, the war between the ghost and the ganglion and getting to to the earth that happened in July 2054. So do a little bit of math. 2054. 2054 minus 2020 is 34. The, the, the 34. So. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck. It's a lie. Everything's a yeah. lie. So she would actually be a lot older than 29. But it just makes me wonder if she can potentially pick an age. She could have lied. She could have lied, or I don't know. Maybe she could shape shifts, and she could pick her age, or maybe her race ages at a different rate. I guess maybe that's what the age she chose for her miniasome, maybe. Uh, right. Yeah, that that makes the most sense. Well, I know the Definians in that are shapeshifters. But she definitely doesn't look like one of the true forms of the Definians. But she could still be a shapeshifter. Mm-hmm. I think that yeah, we would have to know. be it, choosing the age of like the Mimeozome. And my guess is that she's like some sort of space elf who lives like hundreds of years longer than humans. So I have had the thought that, oh, what if she's like one of the Samarians that they talk about at the end of the game? But 
Uh, yeah, I I thought that she was, uh, but I guess not. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that would make sense because they say, oh, humans are like the true descendants of those, and so why... What other reason would, hey, random alien, alien come over to Earth like, oh, I'm going to save your race. Sure. I, it, just, it made logical sense in my head. I just like how symbolic her reveal is. I do basically. too. And I also like how she's the, like, Elle's part of the party, but she's the only Xenoform that's, like, one of us. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, she, like, is basically part of the human race by that point. Yeah. So, she's kind of taken it into her own, and I kind of like that about it. And I kind of feel like that's another thing, is, like, why would this alien come and save our race? Well, if her entire race was destroyed, and that's the closest species to her own, maybe that's her place to be belong, you know? Yeah, I really hope for Xenoblade X2 soon, so I don't have to be, like, oh, yeah, waiting for this forever. Should we get into, like, some of the um, more controversial aspects we hear about Elma just yet? Because all this about her kind of, like, saying this about herself and not really being that or not being the whole story, I feel like kind of goes into some areas of, like, what some people don't like about her. And that absolutely is kind of that she, you know, she kind of lies about that stuff. But... I think yeah, it's for uh, I think yeah. a justifiable reason, in my opinion. Yeah, I think it's um, it. I think it's valuable to have that discussion on on this episode. Well, I kind of feel myself like I, I see a lot of people saying things, uh, such as, "Oh, well, she, you can't trust her. She keeps all this from you." And why is she the only one who got to do this? Why is she the one? who got to keep her physical form and activate, you know, the device to bring the the humans back. Why would they entrust this to an alien? And like, you know, there's a few points to that. And I feel like they are well addressed in the game. And one of which is, yes, why wouldn't you have a failsafe that is like a an actual life form to do things in case all the mims fail? Because... There, what are you with left with? And two, why wouldn't you choose the person who brought the technology to save your race? Um, that's my and arguments for that. As far as her keeping secrets, well, there's a lot of themes in that game that go into just how, like, prejudiced the human race can be. And so I can totally understand why Elma would blend in to society and not yeah. want to reveal that to anybody. Like, it makes perfect sense to me. And I feel like Xenoblade X kind of, like, is big on acceptance. Oh, like, yeah. It almost is, like, it almost preaches it to you. But, like, the thing about it is, though, like, she's, like, that's what I was saying. It's just, like, the one person, you know, the one alien that was helping us the whole time was one of us and we kind of just accepted her as one of us and that's why it was a big deal for me like because uh like everyone else like we kind of all the other xenoforms we kind of like 
accept their differences and stuff like that, and that's fine. And there's a lot of xenophobia in this game that's kind of like painted in a bad light, which is good. But oh yeah, like but <laughs> Elma, Elma's like the only one that's like beyond that, beyond the differences. Like she is one of us. So she represents the common ground that the different yeah. races can potentially have. Yeah. I just think that, like, that level of acceptance, like, that's that's what it is. That's what it's all about, you know? She's like the yeah. Superman comparison without the superpowers. Hey, guess what? Everybody loves Superman, and he lies to everybody all the time. Badly, but he does it. He still puts on the hat and glasses. Yeah, and, and I definitely feel like I, I definitely feel like there there would not have been like like some acceptance like if we didn't already know Elma if she wasn't already part of the squad, you know. Yeah, I agree. I I feel like there would have been a lot more skepticism and stuff like that. I just think that a lot of the arguments against like what Elma means as a character and why she behaves the way she does kind of fall flat for me because well because of what i said for the most part i think she has plenty of justified reasons to do things the way that she does and yeah there's a lot that's held back there's a lot in the past where'd she come from what happened there maybe we're just not to that point yet uh maybe they wanted it to be a slower burn and i get that you don't like having to wait for a sequel to find out more about the characters, but sometimes things just work better that way. Yeah, and I feel like a lot of her actions was for aimed for the greater good. Um like like um like being able to uh use the technology to bring as many people without their bodies as possible was for the most efficient and bigger uh and sometimes it could come off as like inhumane or cold but um she was still she was willing to take on that role um even if it meant that there not everyone would be happy with it if that made uh, any sense the way she's the way she talked it sounded like there was more than one ship like that one the one mm-hmm. that was on Mira, and then there were yeah. also other ships that did not do that. Oh. Yeah, I believe the White Whale was one of many, but the White Whale is the only one mm-hmm. that actually made it. Or the mm. only known one that made it. Yeah. Because I think there's mm. another one that is referenced. Because, but I'm pretty sure she did say, like, that some some ships didn't go that way. Some ships held like much fewer people mm-hmm. i'm just looking uh, a little bit to so i could remember exactly on the wiki um the technologies she brought that they mentioned included scales faster than light high speed travel and mims so and the treon barrier the yeah, barrier the treon barrier which was another reason that i was kind of like hmm maybe elma is samarian based on what Luxar says towards the end of the game. Like, how do they have a Treon barrier? Nothing can withstand the Vita! 
Yeah, I'm actually looking at the wiki right now. Um, and yeah, there were more than one ship that carried uh, human civilization. They called them Ark ships. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And the ship that we're talking about is specifically um, an American one. So I guess in theory, there would be other ships for other countries as well and other nations. Makes sense. I think that there's a lot more that's well thought out about that game than some people kind of tend to get credit for. But I digress on that point. You really have to dig into it. You do. And yeah, like kind of. None of that thing. stuff. None of that stuff is like just sitting on the surface. You have to like really. Like, yeah. And not just for like exploring the world and stuff, but like the characters too. You kind of have to like get into it. And I think that's why this game in general kind of rubs a lot of people the wrong way because it's not really shoved in your face, and so much of the more intricate details of the story are behind the exploration. They're behind the dialogue. They're behind you meeting a specific NPC who tells you that or it's behind a line that might have a double meaning. It's so... It, you're you're given all this different information in such small bits that you kind of have to keep track of all of it and I think for a lot of people, they kind of missed a lot of these finer details of the story. That and also, I would argue that the main story of Xenoblade Cross isn't even the main story. <laughs> if that makes any sense. I think there's a lot... No, I feel you no, there. That's perfectly, yeah. I'm going to say, there's a lot of games that I like in general that do the best storytelling job with their environments. Environmental storytelling, I feel like, is a big part in this game. And not only yeah, that, I there's a lot in the side quests, of course, but... I think yeah, there's... the sidequests go into a lot of really cool stuff. Like so, David was mentioning, um, some of the racism and acceptance. Like one of the big things you can do in this game is incorporate the other races into New LA, and that's like not even explored in the main story. And that's like a huge thing you can do. Mm-hmm. That's like wholly like. Of course, I don't really think that if you're not doing like those quests and stuff, you're not gonna really like be at the right level and stuff Mm -hmm. but like if you don't do that stuff it's like it's like totally optional to do it like you don't have to recruit the zaruboggan or whatever like the game doesn't like make you learn about them but it's just like it's worth it you just have to do it you just gotta do it right and it's unfortunate because it's one of those situations where you're kind of given too much freedom in that sense, because I'm sure a lot of people completely skip that, and they they played this game. They just played uh, what was it, twelve chapters in this game or something like that. Yeah, um, but the twelfth one is kind of the end. Yeah, they they played those chapters and just shut off the game and and did like you know only a couple side quests, only the ones that were completely mandatory, and then they missed what is essentially an entire aspect of the story in this game, which is acceptance and uh, seeing all the racism that's going on and how all these people are dealing with the world, which to me is the much more interesting and 
probably the real story in Xenoblade Chronicles Cross. And it would have been nice. It was actually kind of crazy. It was it was crazy because like I remember I remember uh, playing the game and I recruited the Orf. I think on complete accident, like I like recruited them and then they started showing up in like New LA, like in just like random places. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, that's kind of weird. I didn't know you could do that. And like you'd get that achievement that would say like whatever immigration Mm -hmm. thing and then like i recruited like i think it was the um the the one race the tree clan race oh are you talking about the tree and the cave clan of the yeah yeah the prone that's what they are yeah i forget the i forgot the name i was gonna say prawn i just watched district nine recently so i was just like i don't want to say that but um the uh which is kind of about the same thing really but um yeah it's very similar <laughs> um the uh so i recruited them and they showed up in in town and i was like well wait if i can t- bring these two in what about the races that i've seen that i haven't brought in and so i tried to get as many as possible after that and like in the end like everyone is just in in la together it's kind of nice yeah and I think that I did kind of the same thing where I just accidentally stumbled upon the Orphean quests first. And, jeez, the Orph are, like, fascinating <laughs> yeah. people in general, but won't go into that. And then, like, I got to the point in the story where the Menon were introduced, and that's kind of the point where it's a soft little nudge at, oh, yeah, you can recruit these. <laughs> and then it gets more interesting because of all the quest lines that open up from that. And you start to see how the uh, the other Mims react to these other races like one side quest that stuck out to me was the one where someone created a fake religion specifically designed to kill the other races oh yeah yeah that was crazy like the church that one, conspiracy mm-hmm. thing yeah yes, there's that's that a one good there's one. another one where there's the other one where you had to investigate a string of murders that were made to look like suicides wow because like yeah, there's there's stuff like that, and it's and it's interesting because, like obviously the Mims are technically immortal, but the other races aren't. So you kind of like there's this kind of um there's this weird like kind of clash of ideals where you got these Mims who, I guess in a sense don't really value life as much because they know that they're not technically dead forever. And yeah, it's kind of like a San Junipero uh, thing. Mm-hmm. Yes, I referenced Black Mirror. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, not a problem. Yeah, it, it's just and it's that's kind of like a really I don't, I don't know. To me, I find that to be such a really interesting theme to see in a game like that. I very much agree. Xenoblade X is a good is a collection of really good short stories. Yeah, I would 100% agree with it. Um, I remember mm-hmm. I liked this game so much more as soon as I started doing the side quests. Mm-hmm. That's when I really got hooked on it. I was like, wow, these are so much better than the main story. It's almost like a different game because like the themes that they cover are incredibly mature and surprisingly dark. And the writing and is also on just like, point. Yeah, it's really, really good. Hilarious. But, Actually, yeah, I guess we are kind of getting. I've kind of a weird topic. question about the Mims, though. Now that mm-hmm. you've mentioned it, 
Like, so Danny and Boris, which were Elma's, like, former squad mates, were they not Mims? Because, like, she said that she lost them, but, like, I'm just saying, like, well, the way it's been... I yes, think since they... that quest comes after the end of the main story, that's questionable as to whether they're actually alive or dead anymore. Well, because, I mean, that's the thing. Because, um, well, uh, technically she was the only living being on the ship. Um, um, but um, didn't, at the end of the game, couldn't they still not, like, bring people back? From well, because they death, they brought you back in a mm -hmm. new mem, but I don't think you were completely like destroyed, dead. like yeah, out of commission. I think you just lost an arm. Yes. So I think that maybe like in order to replace your mem, your consciousness has to still be there. Maybe. That's kind of what I was thinking might That's, be the case. Because, yeah. because maybe they can't access the computer or something. I'm, maybe I'm thinking way too deep into it, but when you mentioned that, I just thought about it, and I was just like, maybe they could bring Danny and Boris back. But That's what I was thinking too, because, uh, I mean, technically, there's nothing stopping them from just making another person. Um, well, didn't they lose the computer at the end, or...? Uh, no, the computer's still there. still there, and it's actually running on power now. They yeah. have backup power now, and, uh, that what got destroyed was the, uh, the database of everyone. Yeah, and one of the life holds, I know they lost a bunch of, like, records, and then, yeah, at the very end of the game, the database... So maybe, maybe they can't bring people back. Yeah, that's one of those big things that uh, I actually really loved that part of the game, but I know a lot of people didn't uh, when it was revealed that that was all destroyed. Um, but that I, I feel like at the end of the game, there's a lot of people who you'll talk to and they'll say, oh, man, I can't wait until they get that figured out and we get so our real bodies back. back. But at the end mm -hmm. of the game, you're still going around and people are saying things like that, but they still haven't gotten it kicked into action. And there's not really any word about what the holdup is. And nobody really knows what is going on in the life hold. But it's not really touched on again after that. So there is like this thought in my mind that's kind it's of... It's going to be re really morbid, but it's probably better that they stay dead. Yeah, are they... <laughs> I was like, that was a pretty big emotional thing for Elma. That's pr it's probably alright for now. In my mind, that they're just gone. Well, my, my personal opinion is on that whole thing is kind of that all the people who are still Mims, actually, with the consciousness, are still themselves. But when they die, they just die now. Kind of my thought on it. So, and I think I agree with you on that, David, is that the, the men's that died are just better off. It has more emotional impact and kind of fits it's more, just, I feel like. If it's, it's just something about this planet. Yep. Saying. It's this planet. It's something about this planet. So you think that it's one of those things where when someone quote-unquote dies, um, there's, I guess, maybe 
some sort of, I guess, like hearing or debate as to whether or not they're worth bringing back? You know, I don't know. I thought that the DNA count that they had in that primordial soup was probably enough for everybody. So it's kind of a tough call there. I don't know. Yeah, that's a, I guess that's a weird... Um, that That's something that I'm not too sure if the game really um, elaborated on or explained oh. too, too, too well. Maybe I'm wrong and I'm, I missed a quest that did explain it. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> I don't think so. Uh, I think that the game poses a lot of interesting questions in that regard and almost purposefully doesn't answer them. I, I mean, I can't think of a scenario in which answering them would even be all that satisfactory in some ways to a degree. Yeah. But like, you know, you're getting way into it with where you could go with the answers to that stuff that right. they ask with the whole, is the, is the consciousness still there? If they're, if they don't have their actual bodies and brains anymore, are they still actually living or dead or, you know, and, who can be brought back and how and what? Right. Well, I mean, I guess we're we're kind of getting really off topic into yeah, I, I, a little bit. I, I a little up bit. To bring so it back to, to don't worry because it's actually a good discussion. But to bring it back to Elma, I guess let's get into something a little bit simpler, and that would be <laughs> her relationships with other characters. To think. Humanity crossed that vast distance with an entire city in tow. It's an amazing feat. Tatsu agree. New LA is an amazing place. All races living there agree. Perhaps someday we'll be able to set sail together aboard a new white whale. To carry forth the bonds we forged on Mira. Hey, wait a minute. Didn't we talk about this? No, I'm just kidding. We can bring <laughs> uh, it up again. <laughs> Well, oh, why don't yeah, we start with of... her relationship with Lynn? Okay. I think that's the easiest one to start with, because those are the two characters you kind of always have in your party whenever you're doing story missions. They're almost always, I think they're actually always required to be in your party whenever you're doing story I was about to say, missions. I did most of my missions with Elma and Lynn, like regardless of whether it was required or not, just because they were at the highest level because the game mm-hmm. would require them for story missions. Yep. Exactly. But yeah, I think we touched on it before a little bit, but um Oh with the yeah, definitely felt like relationships. Oh, Yeah. That's yeah, true. like the yeah. Elma and Lynn almost I wouldn't would that be more kind of like a, a sisterly or well Elma's more like the big sister kind of friend big I feel sister. like they're I feel like they're pretty different. Mm-hmm. Uh does it say how they met? Or if they were just... That, I'm not certain. I think based I remember upon... Didn't... I was going to say, I think based upon Lynn's just, like, technical merits, she was kind of allowed a spot in Blade, um, and she kind of just got put in a squad with Elma. Well, presumably, partially because of Elma losing her teammates, and... Lynn as young as she is and needing someone who can really like not really necessarily 
completely take care of her, but, you know, she is young, and she needs a lot of help and training, and who better to really put her with than someone as capable and experienced as Elma? Well, Lynn also lost her parents, correct? Yes. So they both, in a way, experienced loss, uh, so that could be something that brought them together, I don't know. I think they could. I think they probably connect on that point too. All right. And uh, maybe they were yeah, just so friends guess, even before that. Yeah, and I'm sure Alma also really enjoys Lynn's cooking as well. And the reason I'm bringing up food is because I just <laughs> saw this one heart to heart with Alma. Yeah. Where apparently she really likes pizza. Oh, she yeah. likes cats, she likes pizza, and she likes cars. Mm-hmm. I like two out of three of those things. Same. <laughs> she said she had a friend on Earth that used to take her around in like an old hot rod, that, and she kind of really got into cars because of that. I remember that. That wasn't that long ago that I actually did that one. Was that the man from Japan? Uh, she doesn't say which friend. She just says, oh, I had a friend that, you know, used to take me around in his old hot rod. And she's like, do you like cars? I'm like, It was Nagi. Maybe. I, <laughs> I could see I Nagi it. driving anything. Nagi could, like, captain a ship. He could captain an airship. He could drive a nice car or a motorcycle. Who wants to see Nagi on a motorcycle? I do. Yes. But yeah. See, and that, that, those heart-to-hearts, though, they're, like, completely optional, so. If yeah. you don't do them, you don't get that. You don't get that stuff. And, like, the last yep. two are kind of her not so much going into, like, her hobbies or the things she likes, but kind of remarking on how far we've come and just loving how all these races are kind of converging and getting along with each other and... Just things like that. Yeah, yeah. The heart to hearts are more vul- the most vulnerable moments that Elma kind of displays because she kind of has that I don't know harder demeanor throughout the game, and those heart to hearts are really the softer moments for her. Yes, those and there's a few like cutscenes from Affinity missions and stuff where she'll go into things about. Well, like in the then and now quest, that's the post-game thing where she talks about losing her old squad. Or like in some of the quests that are actually more around like Lin and Tatsu, she'll be the one who explains to you, oh, well, Lin went through this these tough times due to losing her parents, or she never had this, and explains to you just why she is behaving in the way that she is, or something to that effect. She's always been like, both a very duty-bound character and a character who also can be very sensitive and you can tell really cares about everyone else in times like that, too. In more than just her actions, you know? Yeah. I kind of feel like that's, like, the the difference between Lynn and Elma. Lynn's pretty aloof and... Elma's pretty serious most of the time. I like Elma's sarcasm at times a lot. Yeah, she's very dry. <laughs> I like it. 
not everybody else is into like her dry sense of humor, I'm sure, but I found it kind of refreshing. I really it's liked kind of it. It's kind of interesting with Elma, uh, as I'm reading, and I didn't even realize this, is that her dialogue towards the player character is completely different based on the voice you pick. Really? Yeah. Hmm. I don't There's think I knew that. all these lines that are unique depending on which voice you pick for your character. And that's some crazy detail, I gotta say. Is it just like soul voices? Or for like post-battle dialogue. Um, oh. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because I remember my uh, cross like one time would say something about her hair and Elmo would be like, oh, I can show you this nice place back on New LA or something like that. Oh, yeah, there are some context-sensitive ones to what you say at the end of battle. That's right. That's pretty crazy, like, because there's so many different voices that you can pick for your character, which means that you can essentially play this game several times over, and she'll say completely different things to you each time. You are blowing my mind right now, actually. I did actually, not know that. Well, you know don't that even either, have to replay the game, though. You can go into... You just change your mem. Yeah. Like... Oh, that's uh-huh. true. Yeah. I might Where need to do it, that. Where's this list of dialogue? It's on the uh, wiki. Yeah, that's crazy. I wonder if it's like that for the other characters too. Yeah, you you'd think it would be. I bet Elma and Lynn get a bit know. more. Oh, that's that's a oh, that's really neat. interesting. That's that's really neat. Oh, it's all post battle yeah, stuff. Really cool. Yeah, they actually have some really good dialogue exchanges in this game and just post battle sequences. Just yeah, I always thought that this game was really neat with the soul voice because like. Even though you get different buffs, it's you're essentially completely customizing what your character says during different situations. I always thought that was so cool. Mm-hmm. It is really awesome, and it brings more like context to battle. Anyway, it's both a mechanic and one that serves like the story. If you're fighting with a group of people, what are you going to do? You're going to coordinate. So it just totally makes sense and i love that about that yeah i've always said that like cross probably had my favorite combat in the series and that's just yeah another aspect of it that i adore yeah torna's pretty up there for me but i I think torna's up there too that one is really fun but just like you have so many options in cross that it's just like oh if we get to spend hours just playing with it yeah we go into the customization options that that's top notch i feel like you can just get lost in the minutiae of all the subsystems in that game Mm-hmm. that's kind of what i like about it though it's both the thing i like about it a lot now and didn't like about it a lot at the very start because it was so much to learn it but once i got it i was like this is amazing I feel just like that's X in a nutshell. It's very off-putting. Like, oh, yeah. For new people. Alright. Sorry to interrupt. I think mm-hmm. we should uh, reel back to Elma real quick. Yeah. Um, um, We're back. I, I think... Uh, <laughs> you're fine. I think Nick mentioned it earlier, but what do you guys all think about Elma's voice acting? When we left Earth, it felt like the end. Everything was over. 
and life moves on and people with it, no matter where they end up. No, yeah, I think isn't isn't she the same voice actress as a uh, female um, Shepherd from Mass Effect? Uh, no, I don't, I don't think so. Is it Tara Platt? Because that was um. No, she is voiced by Caitlin Glass. Kate Glass, that's right. Yeah, and uh, Commander Shepherd was um, what was her name? She is Caitlin Glass. She has done, uh, let's see, a lot of anime. She's done Kami done... for Street Fighter. Yeah, I was just about to say that. She was Rose in Tales of Zestria. She's like, she's been Kami for a while, looks like. Mm-hmm. Wasn't she the robot in Space Dandy? That's a weird pool. She's done a lot more anime, let's see. When did Space Dandy come out? I want to say like 2014. Jennifer Hale. Sorry, Jennifer Hale, Hale did Commander Shepard. Uh, female Commander Shepard. Oh, okay. I think Jennifer Hale does have a character in this game or something, though. But Oh, does she? I, maybe it wasn't this game. I just remembered seeing her somewhere recently where I was, like, surprised. She's been she doing ADR bright. work recently for uh, some series. She's been, like, mm-hmm. the director over some stuff. Uh, yeah, I, re- I really think, uh, yeah, Caitlin Glass really pulled off the different levels of Elma. I think she was a really good choice. Yeah, I, I really liked her delivery a lot for Elma. I think that a lot of things... Okay, as far as hearing things about the Xenoblade Chronicles series overall, I've heard more consistently, more consistently that a lot of people tend to actually like the voice acting in X Cross. I feel like it's generally solid. Yeah, like, I think mm-hmm. all around. Across the board. Yeah, it's pretty solid. Like, uh, it's definitely different than the other Xenoblade games by a lot, but... I have talked to some newer, or some people who aren't necessarily fans of the Xeno series, but have gotten into Xenoblade 2, who were very much not into the voice acting in that game, but... I, I feel like I hear a lot of people say that X is pretty good all around, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel like she brought a lot to Elma. I think so, too. Yeah, like, she... I think a lot of Elma's maturity comes through in her voice uh, delivery. Uh, I haven't gotten a chance to, to play X in uh, Japanese, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, honestly, mm-hmm. I think that's how solid i thought x was i didn't even think about trying it is that even an option in that one no i don't know yeah i don't think so i kind of wish it i kind of wish it was because the japanese had like a lot of like old Zeno voice actors for the player characters and i i kind of wish they got fiora an option or um yeah they had fiora Fiora and they got shulk so you, yeah. you get that at least, but you know. Oh, but but the Japanese version had Cosmos and Shion and some others, I think. Oh. I totally didn't hear any of that. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. Um, yeah, I, I was just saying how the Japanese version had like Cosmos and Shion's Japanese voice actresses, and but, yeah. Sorry. It's all good. Yeah, you fine. <laughs> well. In that case, 
Um, how about we uh, kind of talk about Elma's legacy since Xenoblade X? I mean, she hasn't. I mean, she doesn't have like the long-lasting legacy that Cosmos has had or anything like that. But um, she did pop up in Xenoblade Chronicles Two. Yes, she did. Yes, she did. did. Did anybody unlock her? Or yes, I did. Uh, the only reason why I have her unlocked is because I have her, uh, my game on super easy mode. <laughs> Me too. I did the custom difficulty. I'm terrible. I... Well, if you're terrible, I'm terrible too. <laughs> I ended up getting frustrated enough with the fight that I said, I'll just lower it to the easy difficulty for this, and then I'll knock it back up where I had it. I beat her on normal. But very nice on on the nice. on the one difficulty that it wanted me to beat her on that was like impossible, like it's probably possible, but like it was hard. Oh, oh yeah, like the first fight wasn't too bad, but then the second fight was yeah. Really I was bad. like, why? Yeah. <laughs> I was just kind of like, I'll come back to this. I'll try it. The normal oh, it was way so. Later. I was I was actually like that game tested my patience a lot of the time. Like, I'm just like, mm. I want these old Xeno characters in my game. <laughs> exactly. And it was just exactly. like, have fun, good luck. Yeah. I think one of the things that makes the Elma fight hard for me is that it forces you to use certain blades. And that messes with my setup for my Morag. Because mm-hmm. I, I've, got a, I've got that crazy setup where I'm basically using um, either Bridget or now Shulk. And then I have two common blades with really high ev- evasion mods. So mm-hmm. I have to like get rid of, I think, one or two of them in order to do the Elma fight. So my evasion drops from like, I, ha- I have it at like well in the 800s, but that drops to like 600. So wow. that makes that fight a lot more difficult for me to fight um, because now I'm actually taking damage. <laughs> And Elma's got this one attack that does several hits to you in a row. And oh yeah, most of the time I can dodge it just outright with Morag. But if she gets me when I'm not dodging it, it's game over. And one of the one of the techniques to to do that fight is to use the um the dark blade combo chain because that seals reinforcements. So that makes it a little bit easier. And I think mm-hmm. Elma also has a move that seals part of your um your party gauge, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think no, you're right. She yeah, like you're right. lowers your affinity. Affinity, yes. Really and low. There is a seal for that too, if I'm not mistaken. I d I don't remember the exact blade chain for it, but I'm pretty sure you can also block that too. And it's just like you're doing like a lot of damage and all of a sudden nothing. Yeah, and then she can do overdrive in the middle of it too, which can do a lot of damage as well. It's yeah. not an easy fight, but uh, it is a really fu- it is a really fun one though. I remember I had a lot of fun mm-hmm. fighting her. Talk about adding uh, even more button combination presses to the system as is, and then they add overdrive with Elma. <laughs> you see, and that's the thing I never unlocked her, so I never uh, got to experience that. It's kind of interesting that they added it. Yeah. And I think it works slightly differently than it does in X or Cross, rather. 
But because uh, I've seen people do some crazy stuff with it, because I'm pretty sure Elm was considered to be one of the strongest blades in the game. So it was Cosmos. Oh. Yeah, so I think Elma is considered to actually be even stronger. I've seen some crazy stuff with Elma builds. Yeah, Elm, I, I usually, when I want to steamroll something, I put Elma in my party. <laughs> Maybe I should like, just custom difficulty and unlock her. Yeah, when I unlock Elma, I plan on uh, messing with her and potentially putting her on Morag and seeing what I can do. Isn't Elma an attack type as far as blades go? Yeah. Okay, I was thinking so. And I was gonna I was wanting to say I'm looking at the wiki, but I'm pretty sure there are some moves that it's not really showing because it's showing as if you have her. Rather than oh, okay, there's the other otherworldly fighter part. She does have more stuff there. And I was kinda just trying to look Yeah, Violent Street, Executioner, that has knockback. Ghost Factory's the one Ghost Factory is like the part of that fight in 2 where I think a lot of people tend to have their big death moment before yep. figuring out, oh, I gotta, yep. you know, I gotta do this. I gotta break all the all the seals so that she doesn't, as fast as I can so that she doesn't seal me off and then do that and then I'm really screwed. Right. One way yeah. you, can, you can try to do that if you want to, like, take a giant risk is to do a chain attack and have Cosmos do um, X Buster. Mm-hmm. But the only problem with doing that is you're going to be doing a lot of damage, which means whoever has Cosmos is going to take all that aggro. Yeah. What element is Elma as a blade when you dark. have her? She's Dark Blade. Which is great because there aren't a lot of really good Dark Blades in the game or really any dark attackers in the game. Well, I think I know what I'm going to do after this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's she's great and it's good to have a dark character because I think most of the other dark blades are um axe hammers or uh, I think Azami is a beam cannon. I can't think of who else is a dark blade in Blade 2. I think I actually didn't get to use her very much because I think the last time I played it was whenever I actually unlocked her. <laughs> but I do remember the overdrive thing, so I think I used her like once or twice. And as far as dark blades go, yeah, there weren't a lot. Uh, yeah, there's also Telos. Telos, yeah. Really get her after you Telos, but Telos is a um. I think she's a hammer. If I'm not she's, mistaken. Yeah, she's a hammer, but it yeah. looks like a scythe. Yeah, like all the other dark blades, to my knowledge, are slow. Yes. However, I think Poppy Cutie Pie can get a dark blade module. I believe that's correct. I think you can make Poppy Cutie Pie whatever type you want. Yeah, you can make her whatever you want, mm-hmm. and you can even make yeah. her a light blade. But that chip is really rare. If I'm, if I don't remember correctly, Poppy Buster is by default a light blade as well. So there's that. I have not played that game in a while. Just letting y'all know. That's so good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I turn it thinking... on every now and then and play it for a bit. Then I'll shut it off for a few weeks and turn it back on, shut it off. Same. I haven't played it in quite some time myself. I haven't played uh, Blade 2 since I got Cosmos. <laughs> so. That's when I stopped well, playing. It took me like 150 <laughs> hours to get her, so I was like, I'm done. Oh, I think I finished her affinity chart before I stopped playing. 
it's kind of funny to think about like Elma's story like in the Xenoblade 2 so she like went she went into a simulation or simulation to go into the world of Allres, right or Yes. Yeah, so, I think that's the uh, because at first okay, they so she's like an alien. Lying that all of Xenoblade Two is a simulation. <laughs> well, the land of challenge is all that's really implying oh. is. Well, it's just funny because she's like an alien that has her consciousness in a, a miniosome, and then she has a consciousness then into the the world of a land of challenge, and it's like that's some Inception stuff going on there. There's probably some high, uh, hard sci-fi science behind <laughs> what's happening here. Just we haven't been given it. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what's funny is that I think in her actual cutscene when she enters there, I think it actually shows your party show up as like prone in a simulation. Yeah. yeah oh yeah, does. that's right. Whoa. Yeah, I remember. And uncontrollables playing. Mm-hmm. <sighs> pretty good i remember that cutscene now and then after when you're actually talking to her there's some interesting conversation about how nopon is pronounced because in the world of cross it's pronounced nopon and in the other two xenoblade worlds it's pronounced napon and i'm like i did not expect them to actually address that at all <laughs> It's kind of interesting because it makes sense because basically like Xenoblade Chronicles Cross, I think most of the voice actors are American. Mm -hmm. There's actually so some confusion too at first between Elma and the others about what a blade is because in Cross, it's a blade operative and in Xenoblade 2, that's just what those, what the core crystal creatures are called are blades. Right. So I think that's part of what like leads into that conversation, mm -hmm. and I and I like it because I like that. Uh, it, it's one of those weird things. I don't even know if they intended for this to happen, but I, that's why I really like the choice of voice actors for these games. Mm -hmm. Like you have the American voice actors in Zelda Chronicles Cross, which completely makes sense for that, mm -hmm. and then you have the um, yeah, like the Welsh voice acting in Zelda Chronicles Two which is very different from the way they would speak in Zenoblade Chronicles Cross. So it, it lends itself really well to that kind of conversation of like cultural differences and how mm -hmm. people are pronouncing certain words different ways and how Blade is being interpreted in a different way. I love the self-awareness there for sure. Yeah. Like, if they're going to do a cameo, they're going to do it right. Mm-hmm. I also find it kind of funny how Elma's favorite pouch items is the code, the code weave. Oh, not, not code weave, sorry. The cod weave safety blankie and the pipe straw smoothie. <laughs> Elma would drink smoothies for sure. She oh, likes her yeah. little blanket too. I really hope I... she makes a return in a future Dino game, whether it be Blade X or to Blade X2 or some other cameo or something. I know, I really like Elmira, but I hope she sticks around for a long time. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I guess speaking of other cameos, she was a, a spirit in the Super Smash Brothers Ultimate. 
I wonder... Yeah, uh, that's like... I think there was a skill, and I think that's like most of the representation X got in Smash. I think Glenn was also Glenn maybe was one too. I think so, yeah. I was going to bring up something about her pouch ar- ar- pouch item, the Codweave Safety Blankie, oh. which the, mm-hmm. what that makes me think of is like her something about her design, actually. I really thought her design stood out like a lot to me whenever I first saw it, which I guess I should have brought that up earlier, but mm-hmm. like her red, uh, just like her top kind of reminded me of like a poncho because it was like oh, it's like a space poncho. It's got like the, it's bright red. And it's got like space this poncho. draped over the top, which it turned out was actually the sleeves. But, it's going to be the greatest yeah. invention ever. But I see Codweave safety blanket and I was like, oh, it's like her poncho because it's just like draped over, <laughs> which is really stupid, but that's just what came to mind. But I thought her design was yeah, really kinda... striking for really doing a, a very interesting mix of like the mechanical, the cyberpunk looking parts on her like arms and legs and like just the genuine cloth parts. I really like the way that they put that all together and just made it work. Yeah, I, I really like how Kanhiko Tanaka designed her and I think I I kinda I really like how she looks in Xenoblade 2 as well. Oh yeah. She she just really strikes me as space gunslinger a lot from her design in general. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I'm kind of uh, sad that well, out of like anything we like any merchandise we got out of Xenoblade X, we just got a a scale figure. I would have loved if we got an Elma figure. You know, I was thinking about that too um, before we recorded that like Elma would have lent herself perfectly to a Figma. Hmm. Oh yeah. At this point, I would take a pop figure of Elma. <laughs> <laughs> That's desperation. <laughs> it is desperation. <laughs> like I really just like why not even in like an eight dollar like polyester figure like like. I mean, I would take thousands a gotcha. of those of Cosmos. You know Same. how <laughs> did they not make gotchas of Zeno? They did, but they just put it in the game. <laughs> <laughs> Too shy. Uh, hey! <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Meta humor. It, it's but, crazy. It's like they spent years making, you know, Cosmos figures, but like with Blade, they held back. I don't get yeah, it. Yeah, we didn't really get any figures until Xenoblade 2. Come on, World of Nintendo. I'll take it. Just whatever. I I really am hoping she comes back, though. Oh, I do, too. Yeah, so much. Yeah, I really hope they go back to X someday, but I don't know. Sometimes it feels like it's become another Zeno saga. Yeah. It's too extreme. That's what the X stands for. Exactly. The next Xenoblade X is going to be a skateboarding game. You heard it here first. I'll play I will it. too. I'd play it. Hey, I miss Tony uh, Hawk. Yeah. As long as it continues the story, I will fucking play it. You know, honestly, it would lend itself pretty well to that. I mean, like, I can see New LA being, like, really good for, like, a Tony Hawk style game. Oh Anti-grab yes. skateboarding would be the best. Yeah. 
that actually be a lot of fun. I love the next Jet Set Radio being Xenoblade X. <laughs> <laughs> I know those were roller skates, but I still love Jet Set Radio. Okay. <laughs> I mean, and then st- instead of scales going into car mode, they could they could ride skateboards. Um. So think about this: scales on skateboards. <laughs> or, I get it. Oh, scales no. that turn into skateboards. Okay. Can we talk about? We were talking about, like, racing with skells. That would be oh, so yeah. good. Like, that's totally off topic. It's totally off topic, but we, I gotta say something about it, because that sounds awesome. Skell racing, it's like, if Zeno had a kart racer, that's what it would be. And to be honest, Xenoblade X could have used a little minigame, too, anyway. Like, that could have been the perfect little minigame. Just... Do me a favor and give those scales a reverse button. And then you add mm. a Xenoblade scale racer into the game and you're good. You're golden. That would be fun. That would be really fun. I do like how all the scales drove differently. There's some yeah, that are that like more tame. Most of them were terrible though. <laughs> they weren't the best. I'll, no. I'll be the first one to tell you whenever I first got my scale, I'm like, hey, wait, where's the reverse button? Why can't I find the reverse button? <laughs> it's like, I want to turn right, but I want to turn right now, not like 10 seconds from now. Turning, or like, going reverse, you like expect to go backwards or something, maybe if you just hit backwards, but no, you're going to turn like an old RC car that, you know, the cheap kind that your parents bought you because they couldn't afford the kind that has a reverse on it. So whenever you stop it, it just goes in circles backwards until you find the direction you want it to go in. Man, scales are hard to drive. <laughs> and that's another reason that Elma is so great, because she can drive one really well most of the time when the AI doesn't mess up. I'm surprised <laughs> I'm surprised that she like that's one of the things like I'm just like, why doesn't she already not have a scale license? I think she Probably does, but just is like, I'm not going to humiliate the rest of my team by taking this out here. <laughs> yeah. She's like the only one in a Get scale. a little bit awkward. She's just like downplaying like, no guys, I'll wait for y'all. Yeah. <laughs> Get on my level. Real fun time. Transform your scale into the car form in the middle of like Armory Alley or something. Or actually, you know, not quite Armory Alley, but like right, like right next to the barracks and stuff. And just like spin in circles and see what the AI does with the other scales behind you. Hell of a time. <laughs> it's pretty humorous, actually. All right. Was there any anything else uh, like about Elma that anybody wants to just throw out? Let's we'll have a little free-for-all if there's any ideas or anything we want to kind of end on. I would like to say few things about her class actually now that i think about it okay um just to keep it short it's really fun to play uh, i mean i know it's kind of a hassle because it's very mm. like situational it's like it, there are some classes where you can kind of get away with oh you don't have to be in front you don't have to be behind you don't have to be side to side or whatever but if you want something that's more active play style i would argue that elma's class is actually one of the better ones for it because it's all about that and it just generates tp really fast so you can pull off stuff sliding slinger is like one of the fastest arts you can have just about and 
Another thing that she's really useful for, if you're not playing Full Metal Jaguar, is you can switch to her, and you can run through an enemy base with Shadowbringer as long as you... Or, is it Shadowbringer? I think it... I thought it was Ghostwalker. Ghostwalker. What am I thinking, Shadowbringer? That's the Final Fantasy XIV thing, isn't it? It is. It is the Final Fantasy XIV <laughs> expansion. <laughs> I think I read something that said Shadow earlier. Or maybe it was her Shadow Strike or whatever, but... It's, um, yeah, it's Ghost Walker, and you can basically just run through an enemy base with that, and it's great. You've got to have, like, a thousand TP for it, but get into one fight beforehand, yeah, I remember save your TP, part... and jump out and use it. I remember there was a part in the story where Ghost Walker was, like, really helpful, because I think there was one part where you get to sneak through a base, and they were all, like ridiculously over level it's level 55 and it's in oblivia i can already tell you which one like i don't remember the name yeah. but i know that's the one because i remember that i know it i know it's in oblivia too and i know that there's those those zigs whichever enemies those are the ones that are just like turrets the big turrets that can like, target you from two miles they away can, yeah two miles away <laughs> are you hiding it's behind a rock like, too bad yeah because they still hit you that was the weird thing about that game is that like Hit detection was not really a thing. <laughs> yeah. There's a bit of AoE, but other than that, yeah, it's it's definitely not. Because everybody fires missiles that are like beam missiles that can heat seek or something. And also, like, distance from the enemy did not matter that much either, because they would still hit you. Man, it can. On your side, on their side, it's like, uh, whatever, we'll hit you. If we see you, we can hit you. <laughs> On your side, it's like, oh, you better be close enough for this attack. And it doesn't even matter if it's ranged or not at times. Sometimes it's just like, oh, this range attack is a little bit closer than this one. I remember when I first started playing the game and I, I realized that you had to, like, actually be in melee range to use your knives. I was like, oh, I feel really stupid. Oh, you were just sitting... Okay, yeah. That's like That's when rough. I first started playing the game. Yeah. Elma! <laughs> <laughs> Xenoblex is a good game. Everyone should play it. Yes. It's like $15 mm-hmm. used. If you have a Wii U, go buy it. Go play it. If you don't like it... Do it! If you don't like it, I totally understand, but if you really stick with it, you will probably come to like it, and that's not just Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> that's just... It gets really good when you figure it out. That's <laughs> not... Yeah. <laughs> and it's got giant robots. It is the only open-world mech game that I can think of. It is the open-world mech game. That is definitely true. Alright, does anybody have any parting words for Elma? Well, Xenoblade X is really great because it has Elma in it. Yep, I agree <laughs> I with I just that hope I can man. see her again. Yes. In another game. Yes. I hope it's not truly goodbye. <laughs> yes, I hope so too. Come back to us, Elma. We love you. All right. Well, I think this is probably a good stopping point that if uh, you all think so as well. Sounds yep. good. Yeah. All right. Okay. So we'll just do our little closing up uh, as usual. Um, so, yeah, if there's any, like, uh, projects or social media you want to plug, uh, let us know. Uh, we'll start with you, Justin. All right. So recently I was helping out my friends over at Retro Roulette, we just did a mm-hmm. stream 
with um, Terry, who owns the Nintendo PlayStation prototype. For those of you who are completely unaware of what that is, essentially in the early 90s, Sony and Nintendo were actually going to work on a console together. And for basically almost two decades, like whether or not this thing actually existed has kind of been just one giant urban legend. And Terry managed to find what is currently the only known prototype to exist, and it does work. So my friends uh, had him, they had him over and they interviewed him, and we also played some games with him too. So that stream is actually up. It, we already did a stream, but we uh, have a highlights um, reel of it up on YouTube right now. And the interview with Terry is also up as well. So yeah, I cameo in it. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, check that out. It was a lot of fun. I think you all will really enjoy it. Yeah, so Sweet. that's one yeah, thing. Yeah, send me a... Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I'll send the link for that. And also, I will be at Anime NYC along with Murray. So uh, her and I, we're going to be going there. She's going to be doing cosplay. I, I might as well. I just don't know who yet. But, yeah, if you're in New York, come say hi. <laughs> Nice. And when is that? That is the weekend of November 15th, I want to say. That sounds about right. Okay. Hey, I have a con that weekend, too. Nice. Speaking of cons, have we talked about KatsuCon yet? I think it's been mentioned on here before. Yeah, we've mentioned it. I have actually begun working on my gen from Xenoblade Chronicles 2 cosplay. and Awesome. Let me tell you, it is a lot of planning, and there are some things on... I'm looking at the Blender, uh, or I'm looking at the model in Blender, and Mm -hmm. there's a lot of stuff in that armor that I'm just... Whoa, I didn't know that connected there. I didn't know that didn't connect there. And so, yeah. (laughs) Uh, Is it it, uh, regular gin or spoiler gin? No, it's regular gin. But but Eber is just as bad in different ways. To be like honest. Oh, good. Good luck. Oh, thank you. I'm, it's I've done some armor before. Uh, nothing like uh-huh. his. But are you gonna make the yeah, mask it, as well? It looks so daunting. I will try if I have time. Uh, and other than Jen, no I am gonna kind of do a workaround for one of my other costumes for Katsukan. But mm-hmm. it's going to be Albito. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, nice. But I'm kind of going to, like, I'm going to order a bodysuit that, like, they do those services where they print on a bodysuit. And what my plan is, uh, for lack of time, is that I'm going to basically design a, like, a flat image of just his texture on his costume that is a bodysuit and then I'll make the cape and so that won't be near as bad let's hope that I finish all this in time for Katsukon but I brought it up because I don't know when this episode's gonna be live so like it could probably be a little bit closer to time when it does Uh, probably yeah so I, I just wanted to bring it up to let people know that we were all 
a lot of us from Xenochat were meeting up there, and I wasn't sure if it was talked about yet. On yeah, a little bit, but it's worth mentioning again for yeah. sure. Oh yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Okay, we're yeah, I, re- I remember big. now. Yeah, we did talk about it, but like we we're getting close, guys. Yes, yeah. yes. we're getting really close. <laughs> yes. So yeah, we're having a big Zeno meetup at Katsukan, and, and it'll be cool. I'm excited. Um, uh, we didn't unfortunately weren't able to get a panel there, but that's okay. We'll still yeah, meet up and have probably fun. Probably news a little bit. Yeah, we applied for a panel, but it didn't get approved. Yeah. Any other Zeno cosplays we can add to our group are totally welcome. I would love to see a Jin and Margulis there. <laughs> so that we can ship them, but you know. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I'm not going to complain I, if it doesn't yeah. happen, but here's that call out. I'm going to cry a little <laughs> if it doesn't. <laughs> Who's up to the challenge? <laughs> Putting it out there. I'd like to see a Matthews there as well. We will have a Matthews. Matthews is really easy to do. Oh, oh, yes, we have one? That's what I'm saying. I'd love to see it because it's easy. Yes, we will have a Matthews. Awesome. Should I mention who it is? I, I mean... Nihilism Bot is in our group. Oh, okay, yeah. that's right. Oh my nice. goodness. Great. Yeah, awesome. I, and uh, we also would like some photographers too, so if any of you that are listening are photographers, um, we can definitely link to the Facebook group and just post in there. Yes, defo. Now, Jin, you have to do this uh, episode and upload it as soon as possible so this is still relevant. Okay, I'll try. I think we have... (laughs) Until February. (laughs) I I think we have, like, two other episodes backed up before this, but I'll try my best, I think. Yeah, yeah, I'll I'll do it. it. Thank you. Uh, I'll get it up before February for sure. Well, I guess that's what I'm doing. Awesome. Anyway, I guess I already mentioned that. That and um, okay. I, I'm gonna be, well, Justin and I are actually going to the Near Automata cost, a concert in um, up in Chicago, so nice, Ooh, excited for that. Very right. nice, nice. We're gonna, we're gonna try out that um that pizza they got up there because apparently it's really good and better than a New York pizza. Hmm. I won't Chicago have that. Pizza's pretty good if you've never had it. And I also want to check out Galloping Ghost Arcade up there, because apparently that's like one of the biggest arcades in the country. Ooh, same. And they just have a bunch of stuff. Nice. Well, I'm still hiding from the rest of the Xeno fandom while I burn out my new obsession with Final Fantasy XIV. Uh, uh, I, it's been a while since I've obsessed over a single character. So essentially, I've ghosted my main account <laughs> so I can scream about my new favorite character, which nobody else likes. but <laughs> Except Aww. for like maybe ten people. I have uh-huh. like... Uh, ten people is a lot. <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> It's a lot compared to like the support I did not have for Cherenkov, so uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know the character, but he looks cool. I'll say that. Yes. <laughs> I will not mention him just in case. <laughs> but if you want to find out who it is, you can DM me. <laughs> How about you, David? Are you been up to anything? Oh no, just working. <laughs> Oh, but oh, I sorry. I just wanted to bring up uh I just wanted to bring up Katsukon. That was all. Oh well, thank you. Because I'm excited. 
I'm excited too. Excited and nervous, but mostly excited. I'm a lot nervous, so we'll see. But yeah. I am huge nervous. <laughs> I, I am the feeling of nervous personified. I am That's the it. biggest nervous here. <laughs> no, I'm actually. I'm excited about it. I'm more nervous about it from a financial standpoint than anything, but... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be driving a lot, and I hate cars, and I hate driving, but that's, that's it'll my, be right. That's my nervousness right there. Yeah. But... Yeah. Well, besides that, yeah. Um, well, speaking of Katsukan, I already got my cosplay planned out. I'm gonna be Alan from Zenosaga. Can't confirm it looks good. So... Thanks. Yes. Great. Thanks. It's great. I won a costume contest, though so nobody knew who I was. So I was like, oh, "How did I win this? I don't." Awesome! Know. <laughs> you won. That's yeah, great. Yeah, I got two uh, bars of chocolate and like this really cool Halloween cup. This was pretty cool, but I'm like, I don't. Awesome. How did I win this? I don't know. Best dressed. You look like you care. Best cared. dressed vector employee. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I plan to like maybe wear it at work, and then I think I have another Halloween party next weekend. So I'm gonna, I'm getting prepared and getting that Alan costume. It's money worth. Oh man, I can't wait for the Alan episode. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> are we doing an Alan episode? We are we now. Have to if we haven't yet. Oh gosh. I mean, I guess, <laughs> yes. we, I guess we could. It is possible. He's anything's possible. Oh, well. Just gotta believe. Nah. You just gotta be a man, Alan. <laughs> I'm sorry I got to that part of Saga 2 the other day. <laughs> yeah. Like, no, you're, you're all right. seriously, it's... Shion, what? <laughs> That's hilarious. And speaking of, you've been doing your stream of uh, Zenosaw episode 2. Oh, yeah. That I have. That I have. And having a lot of fun with that. And I... How, how far would I say would we say that I am currently? Which I guess it's going to be irrelevant by the time this comes out. But into Xenosaga two. Well, by well, the time I guess everybody hears this, I'll probably be just one. You can at least say that you're done with disc one. So I am done with something. disc one, and I've more than started disc two by now. Hmm. So, hey, that albedo fight was actually pretty fun. After I lost it once, <laughs> I was like, oh, I get it now. I get it now. But hey, yeah, it's been it's been good. I definitely get the criticisms for that game. I definitely get them. But I actually rather enjoy that game. Nice. Yeah, we seem to be sitting on episode two apologists around here. Yeah. I'll apologize for anything Zeno related and I, it's it's fine. You know what? Most of them don't need apologies. <laughs> I apologize for Xenosaga in, in general. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. I too will apologize for Xenosaga in general, just not Xenosaga too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I had to ruin it. I had to ruin it. I'm sorry. No, you're but fine. that's that's my job as the heel. <laughs> you're fine. Um, so coming up next on the podcast, um, well, hopefully all four parts of the Love series should be out by now of the time of this recording, hopefully. I mean, not of this recording. It's not done. But, um, um, and 
Legends. We're going to try to record the mini games and side quests episode soon. I'm not certain if we're going to win, but it should be really soon. Um, and I think the last thing we had any plans for is always, always that queer theory episode that I want us to do, but we haven't done it yet. I think we're got to do it. We got to do it. I think it's going to be in December. Gotta. Cause I think that's when Christy said she'd be available. Cause I want her on the episode, but I, I it's going to happen. Just, I don't know when I can't wait to hear that one. It's going to be very interesting. Yeah. And uh, I, I always, I never really advertise it, but yeah, we're we're on Twitter, guys. So if you want a keep up, like the date, Twitter, yeah, we're um, yeah, we're on Twitter. So if you want to keep it up to date of like when oh, episodes are coming um, out, speaking of which, I think we're forgetting or... about a little something that's somewhat related to asking questions on Twitter. Yes, we were going to do a question, I believe, weren't we? For a community. Oh, yeah, we're going to start um, having more uh, community f- feedback. Um, I, I tried to start that with the... Because um, um, I put out some questions about um, the mini games, everyone's favorite mini games on the uh, our Twitter. Um, but yeah, we're going to try to see if we can reach out more to the community and have like more of a discussion and hopefully bring your comments on to future episodes. Um, good, yeah, good catch, Nick. Should we go ahead and ask a question for this episode, or should we um, kind of just put that out there for now? I got a question uh, I can ask. I thought we had one so, about... Oh, yes. Go on. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. I have a question I can ask. And it's... I, I mean, it's going to be ruined because by the time this airs, it's no longer going to be the appropriate time for it, but whatever. So we're recording this a few days before Halloween. And I guess a good question for our community is, was there ever a moment in any Xeno game that spooked you? If so, let us know what that moment was. To be fair here, to some countries, Christmas is a scary holiday. (laughs) For little kids. (laughs) I mean, there's Krampus. I mean, Santa coming down a chimney is pretty scary. That scares me. Is Santa Claus in Xenosaga anywhere? I haven't met him yet. I mean, Bunny was probably my scariest moment oh. in all of Zeno. Oh, really? That's a good point. It, it wasn't the whole thing where uh, Shion's mom got ate by Reallians? Nope, nope. It was Bunny. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I can understand that. That's That was pretty, like, I guess it was pretty spooky, but I don't know. It didn't, like, scare me. I like Albedo's spooky song. Like, um, well, the only—it's weird. The only Xeno thing that's really like creeped me, creeped me out, is the water treatment plant quest in X. Oh, that's just, a good one. <gasps> that was spooky. That was because spooky. you go, you go in there. And everyone is just, like, it's all fine. And then you go back and everyone's just, like, gone. And there's, like, all these, like, things, like... So when I was a kid on, like, sci-fi, when sci-fi used to air good stuff, they had, um, (laughs) like, the original, like, Invasion of the Body Snatchers on there. 
Mm-hmm. And I saw that movie when I was, like, too young to see that movie. <laughs> but, like, that part kind of, like, creeped me out because, like, they just, like, like, any, like, invasion like that is weird to me, like. Body invasion? Yeah. Yeah. It gave it's me like some a... alien vibes, that quest. What is it? That quest gave me some alien vibes for sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, like, what it was, like, and it, it's weird that I've never been, like, creeped out by Zeno, but that was, like, the only thing I was, like, what is going on? You know, I was, like, I don't know. It was weird. Well, I mean, if I'm being serious, I guess one of my moments would probably be the Kislev sewers in Zeno Gears, but... That was besides, pretty spooky. Uh, that was spooky. Even though I hated that dungeon. Yeah, the giant fetuses that attack you in Xenogears kind of creep me out. I guess I'm the only one who remembers that. Okay. <laughs> no, I, which, I which one was that? I don't remember what they're called, but they appear later in the. Okay, like there's a dungeon. Loose term, for lack of a better term, there's like a dungeon where you find all those people who are being like experimented on and half of them are like turning into whales and you know stuff like that oh, it's that, it's full of the people that are okay. like going like you walk up to them and they say coherent sentences like oh the, the sufl mass yeah so uh oh, fuck that fuck yeah those. <laughs> yeah those, those actually my answer is just that facility <laughs> that that's the thing that creeped me out first probably Alrighty. so i think this episode came out pretty good pretty good yeah yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, um, well, yeah, thank you guys for uh, coming and uh, talking to, with us today about uh, Alma. So I really appreciate it. Yep. No problem. Always fun. All right. Well, um, hope you guys have a good night, and thanks, everyone, for listening. Bye. Good night. All right. Take care, everyone. Save the game?